0: Welcome to the Soul Seeker Sisterhood podcast, where we talk all things spiritual, mystical and transformational to inspire you at a soul level and expand your consciousness. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm going to be chatting with Melissa Amos today. She's a soul mentor who guides you through many aspects of energy, intuition and leading a soul-led life. Melissa has trained and practiced in many modalities, including spiritual counseling, hypnotherapy, angel card mastery, crystal healing, and many shamanic practices. She works with humans all around the globe. Melissa holds sacred space in her inner community, soul space, as well as teaching holy fire Reiki and mentors private clients through energy work and the Akashic Records. Today, we're going to be exploring the fascinating topic that can totally change your life. We're going to be talking about Akashic Records. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to talk about this today. I think it's going to be just a really fascinating thing that a lot of people might have heard of, but not really um, understood how this all comes together and and what it really means. So it would be great to firstly introduce yourself and um, let's just hear a bit about how did this all start for you? Um, How did you get on this journey that you're on at the moment?
1: Well, there's always points, aren't there, in our journeys where we could pinpoint that. That moment when things came alive. But for me, it was kind of, I guess it was kind of more of a slow burner. When I was a kid, my grandma was a healer. She was a hypnotherapist and an NLP practitioner, and she did tapping. And you know, for her time, was really quite pioneering. So for me, from the age of eight, my grandma used to take me on these hypnotherapeutic journeys and take me over the Rainbow Bridge and it gave me this understanding that there was something beyond what we saw in our physical universe. It wasn't necessarily the spiritual aspects, but it was, although she was spiritual in her her own way, but this mind thing, and I became very interested in how the mind works and the power of the mind and psychology and philosophy and all of this stuff. But then, you know, life goes on. I started my Muggle life and went through my teens and came into my twenties, and I had the job and worked all the hours and had the house and bought the, did all the things that we were meant to do, and I was stressed and I was burnt out and I was like running on adrenaline and all of this stuff. And then I had a treatment, a massage treatment from a lady. Who now lives in Australia? She moved and left me and um, she gave me Reiki. And or she just put her hands above my head and I went, What was that? And she said, Oh, it was Reiki, like really just kind of nonchalant. And I was like, I need to know more. And I started to have treatments and I could really feel that I was feeling different. And that just led me on this real exploration of all things, all things energy and spiritual and intuitive and I learned Reiki and started to progress through that and then I realized that I had some psychic or you know I started to get information come in and so I sat in circle and started to explore that and then sometime into my journey it was about 2016 I think it was And a set of amazing synchronicities led me to this lady who one day said to me, Melissa, I'd love to read your Akashic records. And I went, I don't know what you're talking about. My whole body like goosed up. And I was like, okay, let's do this. And she, I didn't, I had no idea. I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know what to expect. I literally had no idea. I remember going up into my room and she was like you know just be quite relaxing you're just gonna lie down I'm gonna do some work on you and I was like okay and so she opened my records and I straight away started getting like downloads of information physical responses mental responses visualizations all of this stuff and she was like what are you seeing and I was telling her she was asking me questions and I was saying yeah I can see myself doing this so I can feel that I'm doing that I remember my legs were shaking. It was like this real intense experience. And while I was in there, she said to me, I want you to explore your life as a teacher. And I was thinking, I don't know what like, why would I have been a teacher? That was like the last thing on my mind. And I started to see a few lifetimes of different elements of teaching. I remember finishing the session and It was late at night and I was having some wacky dreams. And I woke up in the morning, just felt different. And I couldn't quite understand it. And I kid you not, within three weeks. So at this point, it was 2016. I learned my Reiki one in 2008. I did my Reiki master in around 2010, 11. Um, About three weeks after I did that Akashic journey, I was suddenly did my Reiki teacher. I had teacher you know bookings coming in and I was like it was almost like things just started to tumble even I don't know it was about three or four months of that I had somebody approach me and say I want you to teach on the Akashic Records and I was like I've literally known about them for three months I mean I did dig deep in there well who am I to do this and as I journeyed and I sat with that I was just really getting these messages of just trust You're in a good space with it. Actually, you don't have a lot of the dogma and the other stuff around it. This is going to be a, I don't know how to say it, like a pure download of information to your students. And there was like 15 people turned up to the first week. And I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? The information just came and it flowed. And yeah, it was amazing. And that was the start of my Akashic journey.
0: Oh, I love it. And even when you tell me that, you just light up. So there's something in that in that journey. And isn't it funny that's often the way that how things work out and it's only in hindsight when we look back we think, oh, all the things that lined up to come to that point and it's almost like full circle with history with your grandmother and things like that, that it's it's always been there, that side to you. It's just now it's like, you know, you're able to embrace it. And I do think that we have times in our life where we do put things down for a while. we do the the human thing (laughs) we do all the other bits and sometimes it's when we go wow this just feels really uncomfortable i don't think this is the path i need to be on it's not until we're uncomfortable that we shift and we get back onto what we the path that we need to get on so for anybody that has never heard of the Akashic Records, which there will be people listening that go, what are you talking about? We've obviously explained it a little bit there, but how would you describe this to someone, you know, who's new to, the, to it and is just sort of asking you what it actually is? How would you describe it?
1: Well, doesn't it just sound all mystical and magical? It does. <laughs> some people say the Akashic. Yes. Um, some people say the Akashic. Well, um, they're all fine and they, they all just are. Um, so the Akashic Records are part of this realm, if you like, called the Akash, the Akashic field. And the Akashic field holds everything that has ever happened, right? Within the Akashic field, you have your records and each of us have an individual record, which holds everything that we have ever seen, said, done, been, believed, had, desired, everything that has ever really crossed our crossed our mind or crossed our path so if you think about that just in terms of even this last five minutes or however long we've been live how many thoughts that have come through you know I've taken you on a journey and I've and as I've been explaining my story and you said oh I lit up you think how many memories and things came up and maybe things came up for you that you were like oh yeah I remember that or I can relate with that and all of this so you imagine in 10, five, 10 minutes. How deep your experience has been, and we're only just talking. All of those things will be recorded somewhere in this space. Now, what makes it so interesting, apart from that, is that the record doesn't just hold what we've done in our lifetime. So, you think back from the moment we were born, or even maybe even the moment we were conceived, but it also spans our previous lives and our previous incarnations. And what I've also discovered, and this was from seeing different similar lives play out when I've been working with people, that it seems to me that we may also hold in our records the imprints maybe of the collective consciousness or of our ancestral line. Because I hear a lot of people say, oh, you know, I was the, I was Cleopatra, or I was one of Jesus's disciples. And you think, well, how many of Cleopatra's or Jesus's disciples could there be and I think when that comes it does it's not that they're wrong it's that they're or that they're you know got these feelings of grandeur I think it's just that somewhere back in their lineage or somewhere back in their ancestral line or maybe somewhere back in their star family we're holding that imprint or that memory or that influence Because these records don't just lay dormant. They're not just like a library that is just a dusty old library that everything's just there and it's just sitting there. They're alive, they're active. And as we speak about things or as we experience things or as we have these moments where maybe we're tapping into something that's more than where we just are, you could imagine these little records, which I see as like little bubbles, start to come alive and they wake up and they begin to influence you and and inform you in different ways now this can happen two. well it can happen in many ways but we can we can experience this quite lucidly in a couple of different ways one when we are we sit at a piano or we sit at a guitar or we hear a piece and suddenly we're just able to play it or like we have this natural talent for something, or we pick up a paintbrush. And we're like, wow, I never knew that I could draw this landscape as it was. Or, you know, you get some flowers, you arrange them and you think, wow, like, how did I know this? Or you pick a topic, you just seem to to soak it up like a sponge. And I wonder if this is where these records almost go, Ah, oh, she's there, there's this resonance. And then they come and inform you if you allow for that information to come in. So there's this real untapped potential in there of all these lifetimes that we have grown and learn and find our skills and our talents that we can tap into to become more of who we are. But what also happens is if you think about what is held in the records, like I said, it holds everything. But the stronger or the more influential records, if you like, are the ones that have got a really big positive charge. And I don't mean that positive as in good necessarily, but strong charge. And you can think of that where something holds a very strong emotion, yeah, where something is like it's really caused a big impact in your life, good or bad, yeah, or something that you've repeated over and over and over again, or something you've experienced over and over and over again. You could imagine those records or those bubbles are bigger right and so they have a stronger influence on you and so you'll often find that we can we maybe experience some irrational fears or we experience in this lifetime not wanting to step up and step out or we experience a block on our creativity or even we experience physical illness around something and quite often we can track that back to something that happened in a lifetime where we are still holding that emotional charge that we didn't allow to heal or to know or to accept. And it's still there. And I wonder if maybe it pops up here in this lifetime, not to hold you back, not to go, oh, well, you were a naughty girl then, and so now we're going to punish you, but to go, you know what, this needs to be looked at. And when you look at this, then we can lift it. And then maybe there's this whole bunch of gold sitting underneath it that's untapped potential.
0: It's so fascinating. I think like just hearing how it all comes together and there's obviously there is that mystical side to how does all of this work and how does it all come together? But I think like anything, when you've experienced it, it takes on a whole new level, which I'm sure we'll talk about shortly with people that you've worked with and the experiences that you've had with them. Tell us a little bit about I know, you know, you've had your own experience, which has really changed your life with it. So tell us a little bit about that experience with you tapping into that, that space. So I've had, since that first
1: session, and it was a mammoth, we were like two and a half hours, and it was a very deep energy work where I, it opened up this, you should be teaching. It wasn't even that, it was just that I had this teacher energy in you. I literally had no, no clue about that before. There was nothing that, consciously I thought yeah I want to be I want to teach just wasn't there so that started something yes it took me along this teacher path and actually very quickly but what it also did not to put anyone off but what it also did was it um, started to bring up the stuff that was stopping me it started to bring up the stuff that was like yeah you don't want to be seen it's not safe to be seen what if somebody hurts you or makes fun of you or shames you or you do something wrong or you know you say something and it has this impact you know all these playing small things all of the stuff that that was sitting behind this why I didn't see myself as a teacher started to come up so for example I was um, so I mentioned that I started teaching Reiki very quickly afterwards now I was super comfortable with Reiki I'd been practicing it for Eight, nine years, I knew it very well. I'm a super geek and I love learning out histories of stuff and the understandings and the philosophies and all of that. And so I was super comfortable with it. And I started to fill up my classes. And every time I was about to run a class, I'd get a sore throat every time. And I could have thought maybe I'm not meant to be doing this. Maybe my body's telling me that this isn't right. But actually, I went into my records and I was like, what's going on here? What I discovered was, is there were times when I stepped up, when I taught people stepping into their power things, where let's just say it didn't end very well in that lifetime. Um, The impact, the energy was all around my throat. And it wasn't just once. This happened a few times. And actually, when I sat with that, what I discovered was my body... It wasn't sabotaging me. My body was doing what my body is designed to do is to keep me safe. And my body had a memory, even though I wasn't in this physical body, my cells, if you like, had a memory, or my DNA maybe, or my Akashic records had this memory that when this has happened before, I didn't survive it. It wasn't safe. And so it it did the thing it knew best to do. It's like, well, if I stop her talking, then she won't be able to do this right yeah that's not like I said the records aren't just there as a library of fact that are stuck in a set in stone you can take them and work with them and go okay this happened and this happened I'm not one for changing records and I know there are teachers that do I'm not one for changing circumstances of what happened necessarily but we can work with the energy around it. Because what happened, happened, yeah? That just happened. It was an incident. But it's the stories and the emotions and the feelings and the impact and the echoes and the ripples of this one incident that is causing this record to get bigger and bigger and bigger that's making me realise this isn't safe, right? Yeah. So I just went back in and I did some healing. I had healing on my physical body. Um, And I just used Reiki, I think, at that time. And some like affirmations, you know, you're safe and just kind of talking to myself. And I went back into that incident and sent healing around that incident. And the chances now of me, I I still see it. There is still a a something. Like last week I was holding stuff for like 300 people and I was really stepping up and it was this kind of global event. And I felt this emergence of this throat thing coming up. And I thought, okay, I see you. And thank you very much for trying to keep me safe. I'm safe in my power. I stand in my truth. And what that's doing is it's now creating a new record of big energy, of I can do this. And like, I'm stepping up and I'm drawing in on all of this, which can level up, if you like, this evidence that I have that it's not safe. Now I'm accruing evidence that it is.
0: Mm, that makes total sense. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting, like what you were saying, you know, how it can come up, even when you, you've seen it, you've acknowledged it and you've worked through some of that and sent healing that it can still come up. So there must be lots of times where people have things come up in their life. And they think, where does this come from? I don't know why I have this fear. Like there's no, it doesn't, there's nothing rational about it. it makes no sense. And hearing your story, And you're someone that teaches this, you know, that we're all the same, that, you know, you've had that experience, that you have those struggles and you've worked through those things. And really, as a human, we're all having those experiences. So I think for a lot of people listening, having that understanding that, yeah, sometimes things can be going on with us that we just don't quite understand where it's come from. And that can obviously assist you to get some of that information. So does that mean that, everybody can access their records? Or is it difficult for some or some can't? How does that sort of work?
1: If you'd have asked me this question 100 years ago, I'd have given you, even if you'd have asked me this question probably 20 years ago, I'd have given you a very different answer to what I'm going to give you now. I witness that the times we are in now, you know, the last 10 years, that we as a as humanity, as the world, even as the planet, are raising in vibration, and we are raising in awareness, and we're we're raising in consciousness. I think that before this time, the Akashic records were very, you know, you had to be initiated, and you, or you had to be one of the special ones, or whatever. To you know, names like Edgar Casey come to mind, where you know he was he was like the one that read them. He had this access, but I think as we are raising in consciousness and as our our awareness is increasing and as our, our intentions are getting more to how do I ascend, it seems to me that this field is opening up for more and more people. And I certainly speak from my own experience that I didn't have an initiation. I didn't even have a teaching. I read a lot afterwards but my teaching came through experience. And for me, my teaching was trust, 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 trust. Every time I'm like, but it's like, just trust, just trust, just trust. However, the records aren't just like, I can't just go, oh, I'm just going to jump into your records because I'm really interested in what you're going to say. And I can't just look at, you know, insert a name or politician's name and go, oh, I'm going to jump into his or her records because... I'm interested because your records are guarded by this how I experience them are uh, these uh, like beings and that sounds a bit weird like it, it's like they're they're held by your guides and by teachers and by the like the keepers of the records if you like and what they're doing is they're making sure that it's safe they're making sure that your records stay intact it's a very sacred space It literally holds everything. You think about when we write a diary, yeah, what you'd feel if somebody even just wrote your diary and that's just your conscious thoughts coming out and you put it under this little lock and you keep the key under your pillow or whatever you do. Um, These are really held like a, a very secure space. And so I can go in and access my records and you can go in and access your records if your vibrationary alignment matches, right? So your vibrationary alignment, if you like, is your code or your key to get in. And there's different layers in there. And so when I first started to go in, I'd be able to experience so much of that, so many layers of that, if you like. But as I heal more and more, and what I mean by that is as my awareness grows more and as our our judgment goes less, because if we're judging ourselves, we're not gonna be seen, we're not gonna be shown certain things. I think that the access to that grows. So, can anyone enter their records? Technically, yes. Will everyone enter their records? No. It's about aligning our intention with vibration with our Akashic records. Then we're in.
0: Oh, such a good answer. Because it, I think that there would be some people that would worry a little bit like, is someone going to look at mine? Is someone going to come in and see yes. it? Because it's, Essentially, like a very sacred space. You know, I guess the thought of someone else going in and looking at that. Yeah, like you said, like reading a diary is a good example that you don't really want to do that. So I've heard sort of both sides, and I'm interested to hear what how you work. Where I've heard some people say they will take a client through that process and teach mm-hmm. them that process. I've heard other people say that they have experienced it with permission from that person. So I've had both sort of sides. How do you work? What has your, been your experience about that or what are your thoughts on that? I do both and it depends
1: on the client. Mm-hmm. When I first started, I would read somebody's records, right? So when I was reading, when I was had a one-to-one client, I would open the records. We'd both go in together with their permission and I would do this live on Zoom or in person or whatever I did a few do the occasional written one anyway so I would start to download the information I would go in on your behalf we'd both be there together but I would give you the information that was coming to me and for me it would come like a I'd get like a I don't know feeling and knowing that something was happening I would start to speak not in a weird voice, just my normal, like me and you chatting now and information will start to come through. I also use cards just to help with the energy and and to give the client even a, a visual to go through. And that worked well. Then I found that some clients would come in and I'd take them in and they'd be you know they'd already be doing some psychic work or they already had a good meditation practice or they were really interested in this and then I would guide them through and I would take them into the space and I would ask them questions what do you see and they'd answer me this and that and and we'd we'd you know have this experience together and then sometimes so I just launched a new given this like download of a name Akashic alchemy and I was like what's this and they were like just trust 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 I'm like okay how that's transpiring to be is that I'm taking my clients through their records and we are in like a deep meditation and they're experiencing it and I'm guiding them through it and we're doing healing and you know it's not just this is what happened this is what happened this is what happened this is what happened it's like This is what happened. And then how are we healing that and bringing the energy from it so that you can step up?
0: Yeah. But do you think when you do that with someone and they're in that Mm -hmm. space, I'm just thinking in terms of like the way that we feel things, you know, when we experience something or if anyone's done any sort of past life things and we have that experience, it's it's very real. It's just it it can be an amazing experience (laughs) if you do it. Yeah. And do you think when there's like, say, a healing that needs to happen, because they are in that, they are visualizing, they're seeing it rather than it coming through you as the messenger, that it's easier to shift things that they need to shift? Is it quicker for them? Do you find that that's something that happens? Yeah. What people can get in their heads
1: about things or they have an expectation about things. So it really depends on the client and where they are. If I'm ever doing any healing or if we are ever doing any healing or alchemy in there, then it's always better when the client is experiencing that. And sometimes it is just that they're listening to my words and they don't have that visual representation because not all of us do. But always there's a feeling or there's tears. There's often tears. Um, Sometimes there's, there's physical releases. There's always tears. You know, sometimes there's shifts, sometimes there's like, oh, you know, like I know when I first went in, my very first experience in the records was it felt like I'd been kicked in the chest by a horse. I was like, she opened, I was like, wow. She's like, you're right. And I was like, this isn't (laughs) what I expected. I was going to, I thought I was going to relax. So, yeah, I think when we are there, rather than me just telling you, oh, you know what, we were blah, 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 to be able to see it and feel it and witness it and experience the shift can be super healing. A caveat to that is often, especially if we're doing healing in the records, what needs to be healed is something that was quite traumatic when it happened, right? Mm. Um, and I spoke about my experience with my throat. This is quite common, especially if it's people on the spiritual path, right? they've had these intense experiences a lot of us carry this kind of witch wound sisterhood wound you know even battle wounds the war wound all of these things and they're often quite heavy because they're really charged with energy and so you don't want to take somebody back and then they're in the battlefield and they're like oh my god sometimes that's very healing and sometimes that does happen but this comes back to your guides and your, the teachers and the keepers of the records, and your vibration. They know, and you know, and your higher self knows what you're ready for and what you are ready to receive. If, for example, the healing that you needed today was around a, a really traumatic event, your guides would know whether it was appropriate that I tell you what happened, so it's like I'm telling you a story, um, and then that's how it would come through. Or that you go in and you witness it. And what I found is most people witness it not from the first person. It's like they're watching it or they're seeing it. There's a detachment. And you're in this space of unconditional love and of zero judgment. There's like no judgment. You could have been what you would deem now as the worst person in the world. And when you're in that space, there's no judgment. Mm-hmm. And so there's this sense of peace If you as a human would judge that experience, you wouldn't be shown it in that way because then you would leave there thinking, Mm. I'm a really bad person.
0: Yeah, it's really fascinating because I think that could come up where, you know, do you have that fear of what you might see or what you might experience? But really, that it's actually a very safe place to go to. Is it something that some people can do? on their own, so at home by themselves, taking them through that meditation and into that space? Or is this better to do it with someone because you're guided through that? You know when you're in a meditation, you can't really ask yourself some questions because no one's there to ask you. But if you've ever experienced that where it's even like certain hypnotherapy where you're, you know, with someone, they can ask you those questions and so the information comes out the way that it needs to yeah, is it possible to do both, or is it better to do it one way or the other? So, when you're first
1: going in, especially, I would always go in under a guide because it's the safety thing. I feel safe in there, and I, you know, you know what you're doing, and you want to open and close the records. You don't just want to kind of dip in and leave it, which the records will close on their own, but it's a, but they also might not fully right, and you're you're going to be in this lucid in this strange state, maybe. So I'd always start under a guide. When I run group programs, they're at home and I'm guiding them through and they are having that that experience in their head, yeah, if you like, and there's a guidance. And obviously I can't be as descriptive as you are doing this and this and this. It's more you are here and you're being given this information or you're seeing this information or you're witnessing that. And then we take them through the healings from that. But saying that, I've done a lot of work on my own with it. Um, That was my main discoveries of the Akash and the field. And this is what I found. If I just sat and went, right, I'm going to open my records and I'd kind of get that feeling. i get this kind of weird, there's this little feeling. It's quite subtle, like it's a little feeling when I know I'm in there. And I'd be like, okay, I want to discover this. And I'd close my eyes and I'd maybe start an experience. And then it would just kind of, I don't know, slow down or stop, or like they just kind of be this, don't you know, it's flat. That's what I'm going to say. Because the records work on vibration. Vibration is movement. For me anyway, if I brought movement into this, so speaking or writing, then the information would flow. If you're going to do this on your own, you Safe space, you set your intention, you know what it is that you are discovering. You know, obviously no alcohol or you know, any of this stuff, right? You just be in there clear-headed, open to the experience that you're gonna do. And you grab a notebook and pen. And for me, that's the best way, just start writing. And it's nuts, actually, what information you can get. I get a lot deeper and richer information from that than if I just sit in my head and allow for that to come through.
0: Mm, Interesting. I'm sort of like the other way where I'll talk. If I talk, things come out. And sometimes then I think, what have I said? I can't remember. So I can completely understand like writing that out and that getting into that space can really, yeah, sometimes things come out of you and you think, I don't even know where that's really come from.
1: Yeah, or speak it, put it on your voice recorder and just start, I'm here and I'm doing this and la, 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 la. And then you've got a record as well of what happened, which is also so nice.
0: Yeah, because sometimes some of those memories, it's a little bit like dreaming. Sometimes those things sort of, they go a little bit and you can't quite remember. So it's great if you can yeah, write it down or listen to yourself again about what you said. So how does, if we're accessing the records and let's just say, maybe we're going in and we've got it, we want to shift something or we notice that we've got a pattern in our life and we're thinking, where does this come from? Why am I doing this? What have you experienced working with people? How does it change their day-to-day life having accessed the records? Because I guess that's what people want to do. They, they want to sort of take their life to another level. You know, they want to be empowered. So what is that correlation between accessing them and how does that help them?
1: For me, the why do we go into the records? We want it to be relevant, yeah? Yeah. Mm. We can go in there and be like, oh, well, I just want to see who I was and what I did. And you will receive some healing from there. But if we can go in and go, OK, this is the this is the pattern that I'm facing or this is what I'm feeling and I want to help discover that. Then we have a context and then you will be if it's appropriate, you'll be given that information around that context. Sometimes it's super bizarre and we have we have some weird and wacky lives many of us. And sometimes it's just the really mundane, you know, I was a cleaner in a whatever. But having that intention allows us to find the context of what it is that's going on. And sometimes it is just knowing, okay, well, the reason why I can't hold down a relationship is because I declared my undying love, undying, yeah, love to And he's not incarnated in this lifetime, in this world. So how can I do that? Or the reason why I can't, uh, when, when money comes in, money goes, is because I took a vow of poverty in the 14th century. And now, and I've never broken that. This was for my soul and my eternity. Or maybe the reason I can't step up and speak my truth Is because when that happened to me, I was taken into the courtyard and thrown tomatoes at and shamed in front of the whole town. Right. And so sometimes we just have this knowing. And what happens is the energy that was sitting behind that just kind of dissipates. Then it's not there running the show. Whereas before, remember what I said with my throat? My throat wasn't trying to sabotage me. It's like, I'm trying to keep you safe. That's what I'm trying to do. And so sometimes it is just that awareness of, oh, okay, this is why I do this. That's not true anymore. And then you find yourself, it's kind of non-dramatic. You just find yourself doing it. And then you look back and you go, how, when, what? Yeah, how did that happen? And I've seen people, remember doing, a reading for this girl it was quite a while ago, a couple of years ago, I think. And she came to me because she was, for a few reasons, I was like, what do you want to focus on today? She gave me her shopping list of things. And there was some stuff about her mom, and there was some stuff about boyfriends and all of this. You know, she couldn't keep a boyfriend for more than four months. Her, this relationship with her mom was really rocky, and blah, blah, blah. When we went into her records, the Information was really interesting that her mum was I, I can't remember all the details. I think her mum was her lover, and then the boy the husband, there was there was this mess going on, and we did some healing around that, you know, off she went, and we stayed in touch just on Facebook. I saw her, it was about six months later. She's like a picture of her boyfriend, year later, still with the same boyfriend, and you just think. I don't know. Could it be? It could be coincidence, right? But I see it and I see these long term changes. It's not just like, okay, well, that's it. Now I'm all free. That does happen too. But there's these real long term changes because the energy that was stopping that, that was going, you need to heal me first before we can feel safe doing this. Then it happens. I've seen people who have had trouble with their, sidekick abilities or their healing abilities either they can't get clients or they get it or they get those clients that are draining and all of this for them and there's something in there and I had one recently there was a figure there who in a lifetime's previous had basically bound her from her magic because she was too powerful in that life and we unbound and we balance and she's like. I can step up now and I can do this so it's often subtle and I often see if we stay in touch or and they're in my community I can often see this this rise whether they go oh it's because I had this reading I don't think they do I actually the best ones is when they don't even realize that the healings happened but then they go off showing up that's the most beautiful thing
0: so powerful. Sometimes we overthink yeah. things way too much. So to see that subtle message that's really, it's really hit them deep on another level and it's just playing out in their life. And I think it's interesting what you mentioned just about not to necessarily expect this instant change because we live in this world now where we, we want things immediately and we think if we're accessing that information, surely we are getting something straight away. But sometimes it takes time. For that to settle in and sometimes it's in hindsight when we're looking back at something go oh wow I can really see how all of that that fit together so does it take into consideration your future or is it really looking at past it's obviously looking at everything happening in the moment but can it access the future that's such a great question
1: the Akashic records blow my mind and the more I delve in, the more the, the more my mind gets blown. And one of the things, and I, I don't even know how to articulate it, but one of the things I've discovered is through working on the records is that time isn't really what we seem it to be. We can talk about parallel lives and all of this stuff, right? But when we start to look at the future, when we start to look at what is coming in, The Akashic Records can be a very good predictor of what's happening. Why do we know this, right? We've all had it. We've got the friend who has a certain behavior pattern. And she comes to you and she's come to you for the last 10 years with this pattern. And then she's like, "Ah, I've got this new opportunity coming up. What do you think it's going to be? And you think, well, actually, you always sabotage yourself and you always do this and then this or this happens and so i can kind of see that's going to, what's going to come right um so I think of the akashic in the same way you've got your whole lifetimes of stuff you can kind of see or experience what is dominant what is likely to be the push or the pull what's likely to hold back and so you can start to track the timelines of what's going to happen right also so keep that in mind also you know when we do these goal settings yeah, when we do these affirmations, when we do these future pacing, they're all in your records. Like, how do they work? How does the law of attraction work in an Akashic sense? I have put a goal. Yeah, you know, I have stated it out loud as if it is true. So it's made it here now. What that does is it starts to influence the direction in which we are going. It starts to go, oh, OK, well, there's a new pattern forming or we are compounding on this pattern. And so this this future is more likely to come into fruition. Mm, That makes total sense. Remember what I said about the things that influence the most of the things with a high energy, yeah? If you think about when we do an affirmation, and I'm sitting there going, I'm rich and famous, and I don't mean it, yeah? There's no energy behind it. It's just like, oh, she's written it down. And then if I spend my life telling myself how poor and whatever I am, and there's a lot of energy behind that, Which one is going to hold the stronger record? So which one is going to influence us more? Yeah. So you can look at that and go, okay, this is where it's going. But what's so fascinating is then you can go, actually, I don't really like the way it's going. I don't I I, That's not not what I had in mind. And so then you can look and track back and go, okay, well, this is what happens that is creating this future for me that I'm not into. So maybe I need to either heal this or I need to change my behavior now with energy and repetition or one or at least of the two, then you will start to change the direction. You start to change the likelihood because the future is never set. The future isn't destiny. The future isn't like this is what is going to happen and this is how it's going to happen. The future is just a set of probabilities and possibilities. And actually it's always us now, in this moment here now, 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 that will change or create where it is that you're going.
0: This is such an interesting perspective, isn't it? Compared to just always thinking that that future, what what's coming, what do we want? You know, that wanting. I want something. Yeah, what you said about manifestation and how that ties in makes perfect sense when you hear it like that and you think, oh, yeah, you are setting that. And I love what you said about the feeling behind it. And it's something that I talk about, we talk about on the podcast as well as if you haven't got the feeling behind it, there's nothing behind that. And that's why sometimes people will say like, you know, affirmations don't really work because if you're just saying a word, there's no feeling behind it. It's like talking about for me, like my family. When I talk about my family, it makes me quite emotional because there's so much feeling behind that that I can't sort of hold it in and I think when we're wanting to manifest we're wanting to I guess it's yeah when we think about the fact that that's then being placed in the Akashic Records sort of like an interesting concept that we don't right. that thing's just gone somewhere like it's just sort of I don't know floating like, where is it? yeah like a dart it's
1: over there somewhere
0: yeah how do
1: I get to it yeah but it's What, you know, we've spoken about the past and we've spoken about the future, but actually the real magic of the Akashic Records is because in every single moment, I am writing a record, every single moment. There's not a moment that goes by. And even in this one moment, there might be 10 records coming in because there's all the stuff going on underneath. And there's all the, the ripples that come out from that. Maybe I say something that goes, oh, okay, well, that's that's new information for me or that's whatever. So there's all these records being created now. For me, having that concept that I always have that power to create what's going on, to influence what's happening in my field, that actually it doesn't matter what happened yesterday or the day before or 10 years ago or 100 years ago or 1,000 years ago. What am I doing now that is either compounding that, good or bad, or healing that? Am I going to keep coming back to a story that happened to me three days ago? And we are so good at this. We are so good at when we do something that's wrong, or we hurt somebody, or we say something stupid, or whatever. It happened, and then we come back to it five minutes later, and we tell our friends two hours later, and then and then we tell another friend, and then we all get together and have a chat on. WhatsApp, and then we go on our Facebook and tell the world, and then everyone's commenting, and then you're reading and reading and reading, and then suddenly one record that happened here is now five volumes of books, which now I've got to it, which is now creating a big influence on me. What about the good thing that happened? What about the way your child laughed when you said something really stupid, right? Or what about that amazing. Lecture that you went to, or what about that beautiful scene that you saw when you're at the beach that's brought you in the moment? How often do we go back to that and tell our friends about that and write that on our wall and create a WhatsApp group around that and then
0: keep coming back and laughing about the incident? That's such a beautiful way to put it. And it gives you perspective on, and I hope that anyone that's listening to this, it sort of stops you and makes you really reflect on. Sort of those behaviours that some of us have that are very unconscious to us, we don't really realise we're doing it, but how it can have such a huge impact. And you think if, that's, if there's been something, let's just say trauma in a past life and it has had a huge impact and it's going to come through again, just like if you're creating something that's massive in this lifetime right now, you're still creating those records right now. So yeah. you can have the choice. I think that's such a nice thing that you've got that choice about what direction that you want to go in. So what's something that's been like, tell us about one of the most interesting things you've learned from the records, whether it's from somebody else or from yourself. What's one of the most interesting things that maybe, hopefully I'm not putting you on the spot, (laughs) one of the most interesting things that's come through? It's like trying to pick your favourite child, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there would be so many things that must come through. There's so many
1: things. Yeah. For me... What it is for me with the akashic records is all of these other healing modalities, yeah. All of these psychotherapeutic interventions that we can do can all be explained, or held, or no more deeply understood when you get the concept of the akashic records because it does it. Like you could give me any of these psychotherapeutic techniques or these energy medicines, and you can understand that if we have this realm or this field that is literally logging everything, consistently either influencing us from the past or maybe pulling us from the future, but is reminding us what we need to be here in the now because the now is where the moment is, you can understand why it works, right? You take tapping, you know, EFT, you take that And it's the most bizarre concept that you can tap and you can say all of these things that seem to be negative affirmations. You know, I'm no good at this and I hate myself and all of this stuff that we can do in EFT. And you think, well, aren't I now tapping? Someone said to me once, "Am am I not tapping that into my body? It's like, no, it's there. It's a record that's in there that right now is like this big fuzzy ball going listen to me, I'm going to keep on shouting at you until you listen to me. And so we're giving it the space. It's almost we're opening the record and going, okay, imagine it like bats, you open it up and it all flies out. And so you're giving that through. You go to hypnotherapy. How do we do past life aggression? How do I remember who I was as a two-year-old? How do I remember who I was three lifetimes ago? What is it that I'm tapping into? Yeah, And then you can look at hypnotherapy from a sense of stopping smoking, losing weight, you know, healing traumas, and it takes us into a safe space. What's that doing? It's creating a reality in the now with this deep, you know, we're in deep brainwaves where we are holding a really we're creating a really strong record a really coherent record in that moment and so it's going to have that bigger influence and then we're future pacing so now i have a line in the sand that i'm i'm moving towards that's now guiding and influencing me i can look at cord cutting yeah or cord balancing i can look at shamanic techniques we can look at psychic work we can look at working with cards and every single one of them has that connection, because everything has a record. And my job, our job is to go, okay, how can we bring that vibrationary alignment together, so that it meets the things that I want, it lifts the things that I want to heal, and it brings the things to me that, that are coming my way.
0: Wow, this is just so fascinating. I feel like we could talk about this all day. (laughs) So (laughs) Can you actually change any of the records? I think you mentioned this something about this before, but can people go in and change it or is it really from the point of view of viewing it and experiencing something from that and that's it? Or is it something that you can or would want to change?
1: When I first started learning about the records, and I came across I came across some different teachers and and different theories. There was certainly that Teaching that you can change it, that you can go back. It's a bit like, um like cognitive behavioural therapy. You can go back to a situation and say the things that you wish that you'd have said. Yeah, and I had that. One of my experiences, the lady that took me through, I saw this. I had this real experience of basically being marched off a cliff. Right, there was this mob of people, and I was there. And I fell off, and in that session. I stood up and I said, no, this is me, you can't. I spoke my piece and that was very healing. That was very healing for me. And I actually flew off, like in my mind, and rather than fall down, I flew off. (laughs) Imagine that really happened. That (laughs) would have got me put down as a witch, wouldn't it? And so I understood the, the therapy that can happen with that. But as I've delved further in, I've realized that what happened happened what happened happened. And yes, there can be a healing to bringing yourself back and saying something different, of bringing forgiveness there, of saying the words that you wish that you'd said, but that's not changing the record. That's changing the energy around the record. Very, very few times will I actually do something like that, where where it looks like we're altering something because there's a karma around it. What I'd rather do is change the karma around it or neutralize the karma around it than change the actual incident. Because what I would hate is that we change the incident, but that incident was like a real lesson that you're like, ah, tick that one off my soul list. I don't need to do that again. And if I have manipulated that and now it's not happened, and when it's in your soul's path to do that, then what are we creating? And am I taking on your karma, right? But don't let this put you off because what you can do is you can go back and go, okay, well, this is what happened. How can I bring awareness to that? And how can I bring acceptance to that? So then you're changing the vibration, which might right now be sitting in fear, shame, guilt, anger, apathy, you know, all these kind of lower vibrations on the vibrationary scale, the heavier vibrations, if you like. And how can I bring compassion to me and what I did there? Or how can I bring understanding to what happened between me and them? Or how can I just bring like, okay, this happened. Mm. It happened. And now I have the courage to move through it. And so I would be, unless you are very adept at reading the records and it's a really compelling case, I would be just wary about changing something. There are other teachers that teach different to that. And if they resonate with you, that's cool. Go with that. I don't think that you can really do any harm but this was the, this this is where I am with it mm. but change the energy change the the density you know I mentioned about we can go from one incident and now it's seven volumes mm. yeah let's just have a synopsis of it influencing us rather than a series Got that right
0: yeah, really interesting because I'm sure there will be people that think, can I go back and change it or I don't like that, what can I do about it? But that's a a really interesting take on that and that, yeah, it's not necessarily the most powerful way to use the records. So the big question for people that are listening will go, I really want to figure out how I do this and I'm sure people want to get in touch with you and find out how can they have that access to their Akashic records and, and what they can do. So how can someone find you if they want to chat to you about it further? So I'm very present on Facebook. You can find me, you can
1: follow my personal profile, um, which is where I hang out the most, which is Melissa Sigir Amos. Just pop that in and I'll come up. My website is melissa I would love to have you on there. It's where you can book sessions with me privately. And my Instagram is melissa amos sense. I'm just on TikTok now. If you Ooh. search Melissa <laughs> Raymond, you should
0: find me. No. Fabulous.
1: I'm like raising the vibe of TikTok, doing little, little mini lessons in there.
0: We'll post all of those in the show notes as well. So if anyone wants to find those links, they can find that. And do you work with anyone around the world or does someone have to be near you to get a reading yeah. done?
1: I have clients. Oh, all the way from one space to the other. I have an inner community soul space, which is my my membership community, where we do all sorts of amazing stuff in there. And in there, I've got I've got clients, um, I've got members from Europe, mainland Europe, UK, all the way through to Canada, America, and we've got two members in Australia as well. <laughs> so it's really global. And yeah, my one to ones, I do. 99% of them via Zoom.
0: Oh, beautiful. Because I know there'll be people listening from everywhere that think, how can I get access and and just give this a go? Because I think it's, yeah, it's such an interesting part of ourselves that can really change our life if we have the chance to access it. And I think you're the person for them to... To help them do that. So Melissa, thank you so much for our session today. This has just been super fascinating and interesting. And it's one that I feel like I need to go back and listen to myself. So thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks for having me. Perfect. Thanks for listening to another magical episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show in your podcast app so you don't miss another episode. And we'd love you to share the podcast with any family or friends who might be interested in the show.